Welcome to the Pelvic Pulse Podcast, where formally off-the-table topics take center stage so you can feel comfortable, confident, and free in your body. This podcast was born out of the desire to share the intimate and necessary conversations about one of the most ignored, abused, and suppressed areas of our bodies, our pelvises. Not sure where that is? Let's put a finger on it, shall we? I'm your host, Brittany Ellers, holistic pelvic physical therapist, womb worker, and educational speaker and advocate for all things pelvic health. My hope for this show is that it enlivens listeners like you to take steps towards healing your own relationship with your pelvic space holistically for fuller embodiment and a more loving human experience. So when you're ready, let's take a deep breath and dive right in. I feel like this episode is going to be a lot of laughing. I just realized <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Chelsea Adair. Thanks for having me, Brittany Ellers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. You guys are going to get yeah. to hear this magical witchy goddess talk yeah. about all the things. I mean, where to begin? Well, we've known each other for three years now yeah I actually feel like we just passed like our we did anniversary we did because I had a memory come up from the photo shoot yeah and I was like oh my god it's our anniversary yeah. <laughs> happy anniversary happy anniversary <laughs> good timing yeah <laughs> so we met at an embodiment workshop back in 2020 before COVID hit and yeah. um that one was like a pretty big experience in my heart and I'm sure it was for you too that was like your first time doing a shoot like that Mm -hmm. right yeah that was my first it was a nude optional nude but like a nude photo shoot and it was the first time I'd ever even considered removing any piece of clothing (laughs) let alone just getting (laughs) naked but it's so liberating yeah that was a big big part of my growth too cool yeah well tell everyone kind of where where that growth even started or like what Mm -hmm what work are you doing right now? Who are you serving? Who mm. are you? Oh, well, <laughs> let's start with the other question. First. <laughs> who am I? Fair, fair. No, who am who? I? <laughs> we can go down a whole other rabbit hole with that. Um, so yeah, I'm Chelsea Adair. I'm a feminine embodiment mentor, woman's coach and Reiki healer. I mostly just infuse the Reiki into like energetic healing and that's always been a gift of mine. And I think with every woman, that's our, that's our gift is being able to attune to other people's energies. So, um, I support women and coming back to their sexuality specifically like bridging the worlds. And it's interesting. We talked about this bridging the worlds of spirituality and sexuality yeah. and how that liberates a woman's essence. And so, yeah, it's kind of like become full spectrum now, all the way from like womb awareness, womb awakening to intimacy and relating and union and devotion and all of mm-hmm. the juicy goodness that comes with being a feminine being and a vulva owner and a yoni owner and just like, yeah, like an embodied woman is who I work with. I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Cause I always want the women that I work with to feel like that mm-hmm. and they don't always. So I feel like your work is in particular, very, very potent 
and Mm. so needed. So I guess how, how did you get into this space? Like, I know that we have a very similar upbringing, religious, um, we're raised around churches and had priests in our family. So do you want to share a little bit of that background and maybe stem it to where you are right now and how you feel about religion, shame, all that good stuff and, and sexuality? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great place to start just because that's kind origin of story. Origin. Baby. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a root chakra roots. Where did it all come from? Anyways. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So like you said, I grew up in a religious household. My grandfather and grandmother, um, are, were my primary caregivers. Um, my mom and I were at their house. And so my grandfather was a pastor and a missionary. And so I grew up in the church. Like I went to a private Christian school, seventh day Adventist school, um, was in Bible study on Wednesdays, went to church on Saturdays, Friday nights was Vespers. So it's like, basically like every day was infused with church. And the thing is i I have always had a deep connection to my version of God. And I've always had this like insatiable hunger for spirituality. And that also caused me to question a lot of the teachings that I would receive, maybe not like verbally, but some of the things that I would learn from more so from my mom than my grandparents, but just, you know, learning things about my body or like what it means to be a woman, who it belongs to relationships, men, like all of the conditioning around my sexuality before I knew that's what was happening was very steeped in like religious shame and that my body wasn't mine. And my body is a temple, which means I shouldn't touch it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And I should dress a certain way and should only share it with a man if I marry him. And So all of those teachings were infused into me from a very young age, but to be completely honest, and I I have this conversation with clients a lot now too, of just like the reality that I discovered my pleasure at a really young age. I was five and I was in the shower and it was like, whoa, (laughs) I was like, but instantly, instantly, like something in me knew I shouldn't be doing that. Mm. Like without ever sharing it with anyone, it was just this moment of like, whoa, it feels so good. That must be bad. Right. And (laughs) yeah. And so that kind of stuck with me, but I had, I always had that like deep curiosity about my own body. Like, how can it feel so good? And where is that coming from? So growing up with that kind of influence and like texture of relationship between a woman, her body and the world, I found myself like internally battling what I felt was spiritual and right versus what I was told is evil and wrong, like Mm -hmm. evil, a sin, like punishable by death. And hell and hell, like (laughs) you're going to the worst place in the world (laughs) or the worst place imaginable. So don't do these things. And I was like, I don't understand why it's bad. Like I couldn't comprehend it. And so obviously going through my teenage years, had a lot of fights with my mom and around what I was wearing, what I was doing and, you know, just all of those things that come with being a teenage girl turning into a woman. And like, I remember she didn't want me to use tampons um, at all because it was like impure mm-hmm. to insert something. Had you body. ever used tampons? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. That's where our parents differ. I think my mom never put a tampon in. Really? She always used pads throughout her wow. menstrual years. Yeah. So wow. she couldn't teach me. I asked and she didn't, she couldn't. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's, I mean, it makes sense though, that she would refrain from using it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, cause you, you do have to touch your own body and you have to come into your own body. And my mom wasn't comfortable teaching me those things. So I never even really went to her for mm-hmm. education on it. She bought me an American girl book, but many people know this book. I forget what it was called. Oh, I can't remember the name, um, but I know what you're talking about. I can see it in my <laughs> mind's eye, like something. Yeah. Anyways, it was an American girl book with all these pictures of a young girl getting her period, all this pubic hair everywhere. And like, mm-hmm. just what it's like to put a tampon in. And I was like, I can't be that bad. So I started like taking them from my mom and like using them. So then again, right, like shame is somehow entangled in me finding comfort through my body or in my body because pads were just disturbing. Like they just like didn't feel good. Couldn't do PE right. Just everything felt wet and gross. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so it's interesting how those little tiny experiences can lead to like a larger belief or curated story about my sexuality and my shame and like what's right and what's wrong you know Mm -hmm. like I shouldn't let anything inside of me until I'm married basically like my body belongs to God and a man that also chooses God so all of that to say like I grew up with that conditioning but at the same time like there's like all these floating pieces right because I was like Mm -hmm. fighting the, the the doctrine I didn't understand it But loving God, I never like distanced myself from God. There was a point actually where I was distanced from God. And that was like, that's a whole other story in and of itself. But I always have had that, that connection. I've always maintained that connection. And I attribute that to my upbringing, like, Mm -hmm. you know, being raised in a religious family actually really did connect me to my relationship with source and spirit and God. I call God. Um, keep it simple yeah (laughs) yeah so like that never went away neither did my curiosity about sexuality and relationships and Mm -hmm. intimacy so like I was always curious about men and like wanting to like explore bodies you know and um and then at the same time there was this kind of guilt and shame underneath it all like knowing that what I was curious about was wrong and they just couldn't all coexist and so with all of those pieces kind of like floating around in my internal landscape. It was almost like, I felt like I couldn't feel who I was. Mm. Therefore I couldn't be who I am. And it wasn't until, um, I was in my late twenties that I had the understanding that my, the shame I had, I was holding around my sexuality was also blocking me from feeling life in its fullest expression. Like I couldn't feel my body there. I couldn't feel my pleasure. I couldn't feel my turn on. And I had no idea that I was literally cutting off life force and like creativity. So all of that is to say that, you know, those pieces of cultural upbringing and religious dogma and all of that kept me from feeling myself and from finding myself and from expressing myself and So that's kind of like the origin of it. And I kind of want to just add this piece to, I'm sure we'll get to it later, but you know, all my family still follows me on Instagram. 
They're all very <laughs> religious. They all follow me. They see everything that I post, everything. And at first that was very alarming to them. And there were two ways that I could have met that with fight. And I could have been like, no, you don't know anything. Like, this is who I am. Block, block, block. Yeah. Block everyone. Like, don't, don't look at my shit. Or I could be like, I understand why you feel that way. Yeah. I really, truly don't. And this is who I am. And so if you want to stick around, obviously I love you. Mm -hmm. And you're allowed to have that belief and I'm allowed to have mine. And because I feel like because I felt so grounded in that truth and so like still connected to God, like I didn't have to fight for love anymore. And Mm. so even my religious family, they all accept me and love me as I am. And I actually think it's like supported them. Like my mom's a different person now, you know, like it's supported them in seeing sex from a different lens. Totally. Yeah, totally. So yeah. Is your relationship with your mom different in that way too? Like where you guys can even talk about your body and (sighs) that part not not so much not so much our relationship has changed in so many ways um and we don't openly talk about sex or our bodies we do talk about our bodies um but there's still not that freedom and safety Mm -hmm. to share openly about sexuality and that's okay I think you know like knowing how much work it's taken me to get here, I could only imagine what it it would take my mom to get to this place Yeah, to be able to have that kind of open conversation. And what I love about my relationship to my mom is that I can just be who I am. And she, like, I don't have to fight for that version of me or hide it or anything, which was not the case four years ago. Mm. And like, for example, recently she came and stayed at my house over the weekend going into the work week and I had a class to teach for one of my courses and we were talking about sacred union inner union and sexuality you know in that way and like so in that I was teaching about self-pleasure practices and how that awakens your inner masculine and feminine and my mom's in the other room can definitely hear everything and I didn't feel a single bit of shame or like I needed to quiet down and she just let me be who I was she didn't say anything afterwards but you know like it's just that's just what it is now. Yeah. That's the, that's the level of connection you guys have right now. And yeah, it's okay. Yeah. And it's it's, so good. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like the work that you are doing in turn, it's always connected to your, to your epigenetics and Mm. whatever healing you're doing right now is also healing for her just in witnessing you, I'm sure. Mm. And, you know, if, or maybe never when she's ready. Yeah. I would love it if yeah. that would happen, but yeah. I mean, it's so interesting that so many people have those experiences. Like I'm sure you have clients who maybe they did grow up in like super sex positive um, environments and mm-hmm. it was okay to talk about your sexuality or it was okay to talk about your body and do it all in like a quote unquote safe fashion or even like an age appropriate fashion. Yeah. But yeah, I resonate a lot with your your experience because that was my experience as well. Mm-hmm. And same as you, I feel like we've both been on this mirrored path, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where my relationship with my mom is also completely different. Like yeah. we're, we went on a just girls vacation, just me and my, mm-hmm. you know, three friends, you know, and our moms. And I left that weekend just in shambles. I remember that. Yeah. 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 And it was like, because of this deep, longing to have a certain kind of relationship with her 
like through these things and being able to connect on such intimate levels and not feeling comfortable to do that yet. Yeah. And even though we had talked about sex, it was always under like the shroud of shame. Yeah. Um, and since then it's like a completely different story. We're about to go on a whole family vacation together. And I, I just can't wait. Aww, like I can't wait to like see excited. what comes up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's so much good stuff to mm-hmm. to dive into, but yeah, no. So I, I really appreciate the journey that you've been on with your mom and, and with your sexuality. I feel like, can you connect back to, um, connect back to how you got, I guess, in a different kind of union with God or with your spirituality Mm -hmm. and how that remains a big part of your sexuality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's great about this is it intertwines with everything we just talked about, because what really set me off onto my path of owning my sexuality was a decision to go to Bali for two months to do my yoga teacher training under a school called Embodied Flow, which is a psychosomatic school of yoga that I trained under. And I am half Indonesian. So my maternal line is from Indonesia. So I was literally making the hermitage back (laughs) to back home, back to my roots. And I had no idea at the time what the fuck I was doing. (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. Um, But Yeah. So in 2019, I'd made that decision. And prior to that, I was going through like a really big heartbreak and just like a new initiation into womanhood of like meeting my womb for the first time. And like, it was just like Mm. crazy. And, and that heartbreak, like led me to a place of like finding myself on my knees for God again, Mm -hmm. but I didn't realize that's what it was at the time. And so that was kind of the spark And when I went to Bali and began my training, I, my God, like, it makes me want to cry thinking of like, like, I'm going to cry. It makes me want to cry thinking of this video that I have from when I was in Bali. And it was like a couple weeks into the teacher training. And for the first time ever, I felt like I could dance, not to choreography, not to like, yeah, not in a way that was like sexual like you know like like a other, hot dance like move, a hot dance move. Yeah. in high school that you yeah. go in high school dance <laughs> that's, that's yeah. literally what I had in my mind <laughs> yeah but like just dance to life and feel life move through me and I was yeah I was in the yoga room on a weekend practicing the flow that I was going to teach for our final and this room that we trained in is I mean like it's kind of like the sunroom that we're in of yours it's just like full windows all you see is greenery mm. and like wood floor is just like so magical, like surrounded by these statues of goddesses too, and just full windows. And so this song came on and uh, my body just started doing this movement that I had never felt before, but I could feel myself literally moving from my pelvis. And this mm. was the first time I'd ever experienced this. And I was letting it happen. I'd experienced like an awakening from it, but had never let it happen. And I just let the music take me. And I was like bawling as I was dancing. Cause it was like, I was setting myself free for the first time. And it was like meeting God and meeting like, it's like really beautiful core feminine essence that I felt like my entire life I was craving mm. and you know, in my entire maternal line, I felt like that's what was missing. And, um, so that's where it really sparked 
was going to Bali back to my homeland, doing this training that like brought me into deep contact with my body, going through a threshold of womanhood. That's how I see it. And I I work with a lot of clients who have gone through heartbreak or are going through heartbreak or are in an initiation in their relationships and, and all of that. And that's a big part I've found of a woman coming into her body and her sexuality. It doesn't seem like they're related, but they are very intertwined because the heart is the origin of our turn on for a woman. And so when the heart breaks open, there's this really beautiful opportunity to like, like explore everything that's in there and like, just go all the way in, you know, like, <laughs> just die, just baby, just go. Cause it's like, you have to. And so, yeah, I started, um, yeah, from that point forward, I started honoring the desires in my body and in my heart. And I gave myself permission to study. This sounds so funny saying it. And it's really interesting because I just had this conversation with my roommates the other day about it, where I picked up a book called Awakening Shakti. And in Hindu mythology, Shakti represents the feminine essence and Shiva represents the masculine consciousness. And so Shakti is like these, Shakti is all these goddesses that make up this life force energy that is the feminine. So essentially we all hold different versions of the goddess within ourselves. So Shakti is like the overlay of all these different deities. And I had this curiosity to learn about that sect of spirituality. Mm. So I bought a book called Awakening Shakti and I felt this weird, like right before I went to Bali, I bought the book and I felt this weird, like, Ooh, I shouldn't be reading this hmm. from the religious shame. Like, oh, God is just God. I should not worship any deity, but I felt curious. Totally. You know, and I was like, I, I just want to know. And so I bought the book. And when I was in Bali, I really dove into that because the yoga teacher training I was a part of was also based in tantric philosophy. Mm which is a whole other rabbit hole in and of itself. But if you're, <laughs> yeah. if you're not familiar with tantric philosophy, just Google it really quick. And yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's the acceptance of all, right? So it's, it's this, it's a religious, not a religious, but it's a spiritual pursuit of the fullness of the human experience and a connection to God. So we're not trying to transcend the body. We're going deeper into it by feeling more of life. Mm-hmm. And that's like the essence of it. And Shakti is a big part of tantric tradition too. So that was part of the permissioning for me of connecting God to sex and understanding that there isn't like, there is an inherent underlying connection because without sex, there is no continuation of life. Right. So how could that not be holy? Yeah, it's literally, <laughs> yeah, like that's it, you know, and so that's it. And so, I mean, that's it. And with that, there's the kind of internal battle of everything I had learned up until that point to be like, no, 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 this is true, and this is what I feel in my body. And, um, in that as well, my god, there's so many pieces to this, but in this journey as well. Like my mom and my Oma ended up in Bali with me and I spent, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So they came to Bali when I was there and it was just looking back on it. Now I didn't have the conscious awareness then that I have now of like what was actually happening, but I was literally repatterning my family's relationship to the feminine, to their bodies, to sexuality, to their expression. And 
I mean, who gets an opportunity like that, you know? And so I got to have that experience with them there. And upon coming home, I was still in this, yeah, like devotion to learning more about my body and my sexuality. So that was at the end of 2019, just for some context and timing. And after that, I just dove right in. I think the first book I bought when I got home was a book called Pussy by Regina Thomas Hour. Yep, right over there. Yep. Yep. On yep. the wall. It's a Bible. <laughs> it's one of the Bibles. Yeah. The feminine, but yeah. It was just like, oh my God. Like, yes. And then we did period feel. truth together. Yes. I know. Yes. Yeah. It was like, ah, uh, you you were such a big part of my embodiment mm-hmm. and like awakening as well because yeah, like timeline wise, that was end of 2019. Then I started going to women's circles and doing these like, oh my God, I did so many things like breast massages in a circle, yoni steams, yeah, like sharing dens, like oh my God, all the stuff. Yeah. And then, and then that was in February, 2020. And then I met you at the embodiment workshop. Right. And so we did that. This is what we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast, but like doing that photo shoot and getting just like, naked with our own essences like with my own essence and then within that group of women it was like so profound and permissioning and then meeting you and learning more about what you do I was like oh wow like that's that's the work like that is the work and I had you know learned a bit about my cycle but never from a mentor or someone mm-hmm. who could teach me about it and I think that that's like the sacredness of this work right is like we we need each other we like need... women need each other yes for it's like you can't go through a rite of passage without having some someone to hold your hand you know and which kind of leads me to like just bring up the fact that you're going back to Bali <laughs> and you're bringing a handful of women with you <laughs> yes I am going back to Bali <laughs> Yeah, today I'm going back to Bali. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Just like the, okay. Another thing that really connects me with you too, is just like you, you're a symbol of yours is the Nautilus shell. And that's, oh, that's been a symbol of mine since the start of the feminine awakening. Okay. Just for fun, can we go back and like, like talk about where the the Nautilus shell comes up in your life and I'll share mine too, because I think it's so, I mean, you're wearing the earrings today. Like I just, if you're yeah not watching this, yeah. um, she's got some Nautilus shell feather earrings that are just gorgeous. Mm, um, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That. And what that, what does that mean to you too? Because it does have a significant place in my heart as well. Yeah. So hmm, how do I want to share this? Because there are so many elements to how it popped into my world, but 2019 back again to like the beginning of the feminine spiritual awakening, I was going through the ending of a relationship and we had also gone through just a lot of other things that were related to me and my body. And so we were going through this kind of like closing ceremony and we were on a cliffside like in Cardiff and I was just like feeling so sad and like, cause I was about to go on my own hermitage. So it was like, I had to disconnect from this person. I had to go on my own path and my own journey. And I was terrified to do that alone. And I also didn't want to let it go. And I was just in a place of like so much grief. Mm-hmm. And I remember, oh my God, it just gives me so many chills talking about this right now. And I am getting like teary eyed thinking about it because this is the path of the feminine. I find like when you say yes to it, all kinds of crazy shit starts to happen in your life just gets turned upside down in the best way. Yeah. And it's an infinite mystery, which is like a spiralic journey. But 
on this cliffside, we're going through this breakup. We end our like conversation. We start walking back to the car. And on the way back, I looked down and I was like, whoa. And I found this perfectly intact shell. It wasn't a Nautilus shell, but that's what we thought it was. We were just like Googling, what is this? You yeah. Know? And so we like automatically attached that to it. Um, but it was this huge shell, completely pristine condition, not mm. a single crack. It was like the size of the palm of my hand, wow. like right here and just perfect condition. And I picked it up and we just both looked at each other and we're like, whoa. <laughs> and then we went to dinner and started like reading a little bit about like the Nautilus shell and like the, the spiral and all of the meanings. And mm. it was to me, this confirmation that, you know, like life isn't linear. It never is. So there's no end beginning, like start, finish. It's like, it's constantly evolving. And the part of me that was afraid to step forward on my journey was the part that wanted this very linear path mm. and was still afraid of the feminine because the feminine is like wild and unpredictable. Yes. Untamable. Like that's, and that's feminine sexuality, right? It's like an opening of Eros is like life force is just pulsing. And it's a lot and <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> so finding that Nautilus shell and like the meaning behind it for me was stepping into the biggest piece of the meaning that I'm leaving out now is that in every new chamber, it doesn't just, it's not like the next chamber is just another chamber. Mm. It gets exponentially larger. And it's like each path, each part, each chapter, each notch in the journey, just like is constantly expanding. So it's not a linear path. And it's also not just like a one, two, three, four. It's like an exponential Fibonacci spiral growth. Yep. And that to me felt like the feminine, like this, like all encompassing forever spiraling energy that was wanting to be awakened inside of me. And mm -hmm. so I, even after finding that shell, like signs of the of Nautilus and shells were like popping up everywhere. And I was like, <laughs> okay, what does this mean? But it, it was kind of like an anchoring point for me too. So having that symbology and the kind of imagery of a spiral was an anchor point for me to be like, Hey, this isn't the end. Like, I know this seems like life is scary and like you're stepping into this new version of yourself and like, Holy shit, you're burning to the ground, all these religious beliefs and stepping into sexuality. Like, I know it seems scary, but you're not going to die. And there's always more, like there's more on this journey to go deeper into. And, you know, upon doing more exploration and learning after that point, I started to find the connection between the womb and spiral, the spiral journey. Taking a quick break from our conversation to share with you one of my all-time favorite tools, crystal wands and yoni eggs from wands with two A's. If you're wanting to connect to your body, your pleasure, unravel and process your life, these beautifully shaped wands and eggs are going to help you get there. I think of them as an extension of my own hand brought from the earth for my healing rituals that have helped me invite so much goodness into my life. To get yours, head over to the link in the show notes and use the code BEINGBETTER in all caps for 15% off your purchase. And if you're like, okay, I'm in, or you already have tools like these and don't know what to do with them, 
head over to my Wands and Yoni Eggs 101 courses for a full rundown and guided practice to get you started on developing these special rituals for yourself. And now back to the episode. It's like that imagery is everywhere within womb teachings. And one thing that I've come to find about the feminine journey is like, there's just this intuitive knowing within all of us. And I'm, I'm sure you've felt this too, with like learning new information about a woman's body. When you read it, it's kind of just this, oh, duh. Yeah. exactly. It's like, just a big duh. duh. Like we know this, we've just been like hidden, hidden from, from it. it. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. Same thread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah. So, and then ever since then, it's really just followed me and I want to hear your connection to it and then I'll just throw in at the end how it's come back. Yeah. Full circle. Okay, cool. That would be perfect. So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't recognize it as a, um, a signpost in my life, but I definitely, it was like, you know, when people say, if you ask for a sign, God will give it to you. So I did at one point and it was, um, the Nautilus shell. Mm. And then when I then reflected back on like, some of my biggest life decisions, like off the top of my head, just going to check out Washington for school, Mm. for college. I went with my mom and my brother um, doing college tours one spring break. And when we went to Washington and we're in Seattle, we stayed at the Nautilus Shell, like bed and breakfast. Oh my God. (laughs) And then when I made another big decision to join a sorority, which didn't seem like a big deal at the time, but like looking back, our, um, mascots quote-unquote or whatever like our little things rose and nautilus shell wow i know what like i saw that a girl had had it tattooed behind her ear like someone in my sorority and i was like that's interesting and i didn't even like think anything of it until later i looked into it Mm -hmm. and was recognizing it on like the kd news letters and magazines that i was getting i was like that's another nautilus shell like what the hell is happening here yeah um and then ever since then i just I recognized it like when I moved to Encinitas, obviously, because it's a beach town. So they're everywhere. But yeah, I definitely just like took it as a sign. Like I'm meant to be by the sea. I'm meant to be Mm. by the water and on land, like obviously. But (laughs) um, yeah, it was just such a huge like, yes, you're taking the right steps Mm. that I had to get it branded on my body. So cool, (laughs) too. I'm like obsessed with that because it is like a... Thank you. Tattoo. Yeah, I got a white tattoo after a breakup. <laughs> yes, exactly. Honestly, like what you said, though, it's like your heart breaks open and you're like, you need to just follow what it's saying. Like, yeah. you need to follow what she's saying. And my body or my heart had always just like longed to have some sort of meaning to my life. And it was always just like this thread of the Nautilus shell and then mm-hmm. using it as being betters. Uh, logo you know and my brother just like totally modernizing it like making it look like on brand is (laughs) it's just so cool to have that and everything that you had shared about it though is exactly why it Mm. means so much and like why that deeper meaning is there and it also leads me to those same books you know (laughs) yeah for real yeah like they all they absolutely all have that because it is truly just the design of the feminine yeah yeah she rolls and she roars and she grows mm-hmm. so always grows yeah she's always growing so oh. how are you seeing mm. it now so 
as you said, I am going back to Bali. And literally the morning that I made the decision, I was in a yoga class and on my mat, I was just like, I think this is the right choice. Like I'm going to Bali and I'm going to go for an indefinite amount of time. It feels like the right thing. I've been teaching this work for a few years now. And, and I feel like a next step in the evolution of how that's going to continue. And so I made this choice in a yoga class and I live on the beach. And so as soon as I got home from the class, I was like, I'm going to walk down, go do a meditation. So I walked down to the beach. It's like seven in the morning. I did a 5.30 AM oh my yoga class. I Girl. know. I know. I was just buzzing <laughs> with energy though. And I was like, I need to go do something like it needs to go somewhere. And so, yeah, it was just really clear. And I was like, okay, I'm going to Bali. And I walked down to the beach. And as I'm walking to this spot that I like to sit at, um, I pass a shell. <laughs> and this time it is cracked open. So you can see the inner spiral and Whoa. it is completely naked. Like there's no growth on it. It's just iridescent. And I didn't clean it off or anything at all. And it's like cracked and broken and not perfect. (laughs) Full chills. It's cracked and broken, like not perfect. Like the first one that I found. And I mean, I just like dropped my knees and then Brit, and then (laughs) I find this shell and I pick it up and I was like, wow, like God, like you said, you ask for signs and God gives them. And as I'm walking to the spot, someone had literally drawn a spiral and a nautilus shell with chambers in the sand. What? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Same. So, okay. So I want to say with all of this, because it's like, holy shit, we're going down a rabbit hole, right? But all of this, (laughs) like, can we, like, it just ties everything together. A woman coming into contact with her body is a woman coming into contact with God and with life. Yes. It's like the deeper you go, the more life you get to experience and the closer you get to God. I, it truly is that way. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a book called Finding God Through Sex. Oh, yeah. I love, love that book. David Davis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That one. Oh, my God. Like, that's just a whole nother <laughs> piece of like mind fuckery if you grew up in the religious world and I'm curious if are you are you drawing in these types of females vulva owners who also like have had that kind of experience like who are you helping Mm. these days that's a good question do I draw in those kinds of people those kinds of women I draw them in when they're at the start of their journey So I have not ever worked with a woman who had already experienced like this cosmic bliss through orgasm and through her vulva, through her yoni. I use the word yoni, which is a Sanskrit word for. It encompasses everything. everything. Yeah. 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 And so it actually like literally translates to like the origin of life. Yeah. So that, that I'll call it. So the women that I work with haven't yet had that opening, but they can feel that it's right there. Mm -hmm. So they're open to exploring it. And the women that I'm helping are kind of at this edge of, they've done the mindset work. They've done the like trying to figure out the shadows and like what's wrong with me and like inner child stuff, attachment theory, trauma healing. Most of the women I've worked with have gone through some level of trauma healing actually. So they've worked with a therapist, they've worked with a somatic therapist and all these different capacities to identify and, and work through some of those experiences that still live within the body before they come to work with me, which I think is an important thing to, to state because 
<clears throat> there are levels and layers to get to this point of this work. And I feel like, you know, the women listening to this podcast might already be at that point. And that's why they're curious about this part of their totally growth. Totally. And so the women that I work with have typically gone to all those places, but there's still this like, what is missing? Like, what is it that isn't making me feel fully connected to life or to my confidence or to my body? And like a lot of them that I work with had never had orgasms Mm -hmm. or should I say like a self-pleasure practice that led to an orgasm, meaning not just using a vibrator, but touching her body and using her fingers and her hands and feeling herself from the inside out. Most women that I work with have never had that experience until we work together. Mm -hmm. And because again, it is so like taboo to just touch your own body and be turned on by it. So I, yeah, the women that I work with are at this kind of cusp of curiosity of like, there has to be something more, like I feel it. And (laughs) most of them, as they do this work to open up to the energy within their own bodies and find the courage and confidence to touch themselves, to see themselves fully, that opening to God begins to happen. And seeing yourself fully is... I think a key component to this work, right? Because it's not just about the physical experience of orgasm, because in order to get there, there has to be an opening. Mm -hmm. And so whatever is in the way needs to be addressed. And so a lot of the work that I actually do with women in session, like today I had um, a client session just before coming here is about exploring their emotions and then tying them into the body. So a lot of somatic work finding that and then also establishing an anchor of pleasure. So you can travel to the anger, you can travel to the grief safely and knowing that you're not going to get trapped there Mm. and it's not forever. And there's kind of this, you know, everything is a yin yang dance, masculine, feminine, like light and dark. And so when we have that established anchor point within our pleasure through our sexuality, it actually becomes a lot easier to address big emotions like sadness or like grief and anger and frustration you know things that we don't want to touch when we don't have to yeah yeah (laughs) you know rather avoid most of the time most of the time and same thing we do with our sexuality and our bodies right like rather just avoid working on my sex or like having to look at my vulva in the mirror yeah like it's good enough like everything's good enough yeah that's okay it's good but I feel like the thing I've learned from you over the years is like it's it doesn't have to be just good. Like you Mm -hmm. get to experience the entire spectrum of the human experience and it's going to be fucking delicious. (laughs) Like it's going to (laughs) be. It is so yum. I can just lick 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 fucking life. Just lick your life. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I wish it was summer and we could like lick a lollipop. Like an like ice cream possible. cone. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely what I take from like your, from your work is like mm-hmm. when people do have the chance to access their bodies and access their pleasure and not just bypass all of the shit that they might be feeling in their bodies mm-hmm. that limits them from accessing the good stuff. It's, it's yeah. just incredible. Like lives are getting flipped over, like you said, Mm -hmm. in a good way. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that doesn't, I mean, it's like, you still sometimes have to travel through the difficult parts, right? Yeah. Like I'm sure some people also go through 
shifts in their relationships, mm-hmm. not only with themselves, but then they like, you just outgrow certain things. And it's the literal Nautilus shell. Like you end up outgrowing old ways of being yeah, old doctrines, mm-hmm. old patterns, I'm sure. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is the element of surprise when you come into the work of the feminine is like, yes, it is all delicious, meaning you'll have to taste it all. Mm. Like you do, you can't just like turn away from certain things. Like it's like you're blindfolded and you're tasting all these different sauces and like, you don't know what you're going to get, but you just have to be fully present there. And like, maybe, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like maybe you get a sweet one, maybe the next one's spicy. And like, once it's in your mouth, like you just have to take it. (laughs) You just have to take it and you just have to digest it and like, let it settle and then move on to the next thing. It's like, Mm. that's what you're doing in life. You're just tasting the full spectrum of all of it. And in doing that, yeah, you unlock this ability to feel the fullness of, of life. And definitely there are shifts in relationships because you, you outgrow certain things. The more life that you're taking in, the more life you're taking in. So smaller boxes are not going to work for you anymore. And we have to get bigger and experience more. So yeah, there's so much there. I feel like, I mean, it's interesting because we can talk polarity probably all day. Yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit about it. We can, yeah. And that's where my next question's going. (laughs) So like when you work in the, with the feminine and when you work solely, you're working on that feminine essence inevitably you're working with your masculine Mm -hmm. and I'm just envisioning like as people start to outgrow certain things or they're yeah expanding their palette for all of life it's like you have to let go of that aspect of masculinity that wants to control or keep you small and maybe that's also a little bit of ego so we can interlay them a little bit but Mm. yeah I'm just curious to like what your what your take is on Mm that healthy masculine, I guess. But I'm so glad you asked the question. I mean, I already know kind of where you're going. Yeah. Maybe, maybe because I'm kind of psychic, but no, 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 I'm just kidding. I mean, you are. We all are. I know, we're I know. Connected to the wounds. We're like, literally we're psychic intuitive. Yes. yes. And we're all connected. Yeah. Um, I love that you asked this question because this is actually a big part of the work. And um, something that I introduce my, the women that I work with to in my courses and in, in individual work. Um, because yes, you're absolutely right. The only way the feminine can come into her fullest expression is also when she has this safe and loving and trusting relationship with the masculine so that she can surrender a hundred percent into her fullness, into her big, like, ah, like full feminine essence. Not I love sorry, it. But yeah. Laugh. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, you can feel it. Right. So in order to really hold all of that, we have to have this established inner union is what it's called, right? So you have an an inner masculine and an inner feminine. And when we're on the path of liberating the inner feminine, the only way for her to safely be liberated and expressed is to have this new relationship with the masculine, like you said, that isn't about control or boxing the feminine in. It's this ever-present consciousness it's like yes baby like Mm -hmm. more 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 I've got you and when we establish that within ourselves we start to find a different form of masculine energy that's really rooted in like hmm, acceptance and love and not trying to change oneself or not trying to change a woman's emotions or sexual expression or tame her desires 
And this is all inner work, right? So if your inner masculine is trying to control the direction of your life or limiting the things that you say that you actually want or whatever it is, it will have an effect on your feminine and her ability, her ability to be free. And so I want to tie this into the spiritual aspect because this is a big thing that I like to focus on as well, because when I speak of God, I speak of this masculine essence to me and that relationship to the masculine form of God in a new, seeing it from a new lens requires like the cleaning out of all the other shit, right? Because in church, God is punishing. God has all these rules and is like always watching you. And if you fuck up, like strict father, strict, strict father energy that obviously makes you want to be the good daughter and like, okay, like you have hands in your lap, like quiet, polite, blah, blah, blah. And when a woman comes into contact with her version of the masculine God, she will find that he is so fucking loving, like doesn't want to tame her, but does want to provide direction and a frame for her to play within. Mm. And in doing so, there's kind of this inner trust that is built of okay, I trust that I can experience the fullness of these emotions or I trust my partner to take me where I want to go sexually. And releasing those inhibitions can only come from that inner choice of like, yes, I feel safe. I feel held. So the work of feminine embodiment, while it is really rooted in women's work, has a deep like there's a very important element of union and masculine masculine I don't want to word this like redefining masculinity and like finding that and what it really means to a woman Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. I I hoped you would have connected it to that god like god daddy figure (laughs) yeah (laughs) daddy yeah because he just he does want what's best for you and I feel like that's when when we connect into our inner masculine I think that's the true essence there too is like it just wants to protect you like it wants to provide for you Mm -hmm. and logic sometimes doesn't work in that way no yeah and that's okay (laughs) right like there's no limits to provision from God Mm. no limits there's no limits to provision from God. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so say, say someone is just curious about dipping their toes into like this work. What would you, without having heard of their, anything of their backstory, I guess, like, what would you, what would you give maybe a couple or a few examples of like the feminine work? What is that feminine embodiment? What can that simply look like for someone who maybe doesn't have access to a coach? Mm. Yes. Great question. Um, there's so many avenues, but the first, the first thing I would say is getting in touch with your body. So an embodiment practice can look anything. You can start with anything from going to yoga classes or going to dance classes, just something to feel your body from the inside out. Cause women are so we're very critical of our bodies. And a lot of times mm. our movement is based on trying to make it look a certain way. Mm. And a big part of the feminine work is loving what's there and, and like, just oh, feeling it. So 
I personally, this may not be your first pick, but I love pole classes or floor dancing, just different like things that bring me close to the earth and like allow my body to move. So if that's accessible to you, doing some sort of movement practice that gives you a space to feel yourself from the inside out is really important. Second is books. Like there's so many books and resources out there. I actually have like a saved post on my Instagram. It's like at the top Mm -hmm. um, that has a list of recommendations. So if you can't, if you don't have access to a coach right now, I suggest going through like that list, finding the ones that really call to you and start to dive into the teachings from whatever standpoint you want. And what I mean by that is you can dive into the teachings from the lens of intimacy, or you can dive into the teachings from the lens of your period Mm -hmm. and womb work, or you can dive into the teachings from the lens of orgasm and pleasure. There are so many aspects to the feminine essence that I say, follow the thread that really speaks to you in the moment. And so Mm -hmm. reading books is really helpful. And then the third thing I would say is, oh, and I, I just love that this this happened actually a woman in my last group started a like book club with her girlfriend cute about it to talk about sex because Love. that's something we need so find other girlfriends to talk about sex with mm. and not to complain about your partner or like tell them <laughs> like not even just like about your partner just have girlfriends that you can have conversations about sex with and like I mean to we have questions. that like to ask yeah. questions to like share like whatever's there like we need to have those spaces because again like we need each other to go through this work and so if you if you're curious about this there must be at least one other woman in your sphere that's curious about it too so just find community find other women that you can connect with to give yourself the room to explore this feminine work Mm. and go deeper I love it I love it and then say someone did want to work with a coach. Mm. How could they work with you right now? <laughs> oh, you yeah. like that segue? <laughs> <laughs> Great segue. Um, yeah. So there are a couple different ways to work with me right now. When is this podcast going to be coming out? Um, by April 7th. Well, I will be in the air going to Bali. Yeah. <laughs> and that, down that day. <laughs> oh. Don't remind me. <laughs> okay. Please help me. Okay. So um, yes. How can you work with me? If that's the date that it's going to be happening, then there will still be time to sign up for my retreat. I'm hosting a retreat in Bali called the go Feminine. go <laughs> called the Feminine Awakening Retreat, and this is a retreat for soul arousal. And oh. yeah, so I really just curated this, oh, just like such a yummy itinerary to awaken and arouse and turn yourself on in so many different ways. All the practices that have really supported me, so. Mm. I'm really excited to bring that to life and all of that information I can give to you and you can share the link to yes. that. Um, I also do occasionally um, open up courses and groups. So the best way to stay in contact is through Instagram and just see what I have there. And if you would like to work together one-on-one, I currently have a wait list. And so the next available will be this summer, um, but you can still apply to work together. So if you're curious about this work and you want to go deeper on an individual level, that is an option. And yeah, those are the primary ways to work together right now. Mm, yeah. I love it. You are just a godsend. <laughs> you're a godsend. You're a little angel. You're, I'm a goddess. Godsend. You're, you're a, a, a badass, badass, <laughs> goddess. 
angel <laughs> baby. And I mm. freaking love you so much. And I'm so happy that you could be here on the podcast and just drip all the juicy knowledge and share all the just you're so insightful mm. and I love every piece of you. So thank you. Thank so you. And follow Chelsea. She, I mean, God, she didn't mention it, but like her Instagram itself is <laughs> a prime resource. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Go hit her up, follow that mm. and utilize it to your highest self. Wait, I have to say something to you too. Oh, you do? Because, oh. Yes. Thank you for having me on this podcast. And like, you've been such an activator for me as well. And the fact that we met at the time that we did, I feel like I want other women to hear this too, because it is important to know that like, when you open yourself up to this work, finding other women who are doing it too is so important. And so the timeliness of meeting you and like getting to parallel our journeys over the last few years and just watch you support so many women coming into contact with their body shamelessly and in a way that allows them to explore sex in a new way it's really powerful like the work that you're doing is profound and I've always admired that in you Mm. so it means a lot to me too that you have me here and yeah just so grateful for your friendship and all that you are same receiving 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 Mm, yum let it drive you (laughs) I love you Thanks for listening and putting your finger on the Pelvic Pulse podcast. I'm Brittany Ellers. The music for this podcast was created by Justek. Please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts by hitting the subscribe button and share it with your loved ones if you found the episode helpful. If you haven't checked out my free womb medicine meditations or phasic community, click the link in the show notes. The meditations and community boards are the perfect place to begin or broaden your connection to your pelvic health, no matter what stage in life you're in. I'd be honored to support you along your journey.